Listener Production. Hello, welcome to The Briefing. It's Friday, August 27. I'm Tom Tilly, joined by Katrina Blouse. Hey, Katrina. Hey, how are you doing? Now, I feel very special to be with you today because this is going to be your last one for a little while. Yeah, going to take three weeks off because um, Amanda and I are about to have um, the baby. So, yeah. Oh, so exciting, your first mm. baby. Do you feel ready? Yeah, <laughs> kind of do, you know. Yeah. 40 years old, it's about time. <laughs> I'm most excited to see what this baby looks like because all babies, when they come out, look like their dads. Oh. And, uh, yeah, we don't know the gender yet, no. so um, I'm excited. If it's a little girl with mm. a Tom Tilly face, <laughs> that will be something special. Oof. No one wants that. Um, we are actually speaking about parenting in our briefing topic today, asking whether the pandemic will be a game-changer for stay-at-home dads. These men that I know have started to kind of reinvent their own lives and try and reinvent their work lives as well to actually fit in much more around their families. Yeah, so you might think society is changing and more men would be staying at home to be the stay-at-home parent, but actually it hasn't, according to all the figures. So maybe the pandemic is going to spark a big change. Yeah, we'll get into that in a moment. And also, if you're a big fan of the briefing, we'd love you to help us... um build the audience. So the best way to do that is actually to rate us and review us in your podcast app. So if you enjoy listening to the briefing, um, please jump inside. If it's the Apple app you listen to, um, rate, review, subscribe, or whichever app you're listening to us from. Also, share an Insta story pic of where you love listening to the briefing. And also, don't forget to check out the listener app. We haven't spoken much about this, but um, that's the big family we're part of here at the briefing. Mm. And it's got heaps of great content like Um, a series with David Attenborough, Uh, you get Hamish and Andy and a whole bunch of other shows. Yeah, so first up though today, let's get straight into those news headlines. At least 12 US soldiers and dozens of civilians have been killed after two explosions rocked Kabul airport overnight. We were there and suddenly there was an explosion. People were hurled everywhere, their brains scattered. There were also foreign forces who had fallen. People started running away and we got out. I saw at least 400 to 500 people there. The explosion was really powerful. We carried the wounded here on stretchers and here, my clothes are completely bloodied. Horrific scenes there described by a local who was talking to Reuters via an interpreter. Um, There had been warnings that a strike was imminent and these suicide attacks have been attributed to an extremist group called ISIS-K. So one of those blasts occurred at the Abbey Gate where Australian troops have been positioned to try and help those Canberra-approved evacuees into the terminal. But happy to report that at this stage, all Aussie visa holders and personnel are safe and they've been moved out of Kabul. That number of casualties is expected to rise, though. Yeah, it could be a a pretty scary few days. We're all heading towards that deadline of August 31, which is Tuesday, when the Taliban say the US uh, troops need to be out. Biden has said that he will be sticking to that, but there could be more violence in the lead up to that day. And then who knows afterwards? So I guess some good news for people in New South Wales. Well, at least a little glimmer of light. Gosh, You guys all need it so much. I'm sending you love here from Queensland. Uh, the New South Wales government has announced a small easing of COVID restrictions right as case numbers went north of 1,000 for the very first time. Yeah, so we'll be able to have outdoor gatherings of up to five people, including children, from September 13 
provided all the adults are fully vaccinated. So basically vaccine picnics or maybe little vaccine um, cycling groups within your, within your LGA. That's what you're hoping for, although you're going to be on baby duty for the next few weeks. Tom, no cycling oh. for you. And I think we have to, at this difficult time, say to the community it can be different and you have increased your vaccination coverage. This is about rewarding the community in a way that is very safe. So that's the New South Wales Chief Medical Officer, Dr Kerry Chan, and that came after the state hit 6 million vaccinations. Um, New South Wales is killing it on the vaccine front, which is mm. really good. This was so pretty good. divisive, this announcement yesterday. A lot of people felt that it wasn't the right time to be announcing any easing of restrictions. So we hit 1,029 cases. So it's an interesting one. Look, my view personally is that this is a tiny easing of restrictions. Yeah. And what we're seeing is that all the efforts that we're making and all the costs that we're bearing on business, uh, mental health, education, it's not dramatically reducing the numbers. So I think there could be more meaningful ways to start easing restrictions, like really mm. safe retail environments with mm. masks where you know it could actually lead to an uptick in business. Like yeah. meeting in the park is going to be great to see family, but it's not going to help economic matters outdoor dining potentially. So it'll be interesting to see if they introduce any more as the vaccine numbers continue to go up. Yeah, yeah. Well, a woman has been pulled from the boot of a car trying to sneak across the New South Wales-Queensland border. Uh, the car was being towed by a tow truck. There's someone in the back here, mate. Jump out. Are you the only one in there? I'm going to be nice to you. There's no need to be rude. I've just asked you to hop out. Oh my God, that is so ridiculous. So that's the audio from the officer's body camera. Yeah, so police will allege that the woman had been turned back from the checkpoint twice before. She is clearly mad keen to get across there. Uh, meanwhile, a COVID-positive man labelled public health enemy number one by police has been arrested in Sydney's west. Yeah, as a 27-year-old guy, Anthony Caram, um, was told he was COVID-positive and then provided a fake address. Police issued a warning, but they couldn't find him. And then finally they arrested him yesterday and allegedly he's been infectious in the community for almost two weeks. Don't know about you, Tom, but I've certainly been uh, shopping up a storm mm. online during this pandemic. But uh, tough news, some of your online shopping deliveries could actually be delayed over the next few days after thousands of truck drivers walked off the job overnight. These delivery drivers say a proposed workplace agreement put forward by the logistics company Toll is unfair and favours contract drivers over permanent employees and the strikes threatening to disrupt the delivery of food, fuel, parcels um, from places like Bunnings, Dan Murphy's, Kmart and Amazon. I imagine the Dan Murphy's would be the really critical one there. <laughs> that would cut deep. We're making sure, of course, that critical vaccination supplies and medical supplies are unaffected, but there will be disruption. It's in the company's hands now. Um, they really need to come to the table. Yeah, so that's the TWU National Secretary, Michael Kane there. And look, we are having a bit of a laugh about some parcels being delayed, but this actually affects mm. the livelihoods of 7,000 drivers across the country, mm. and they're going to strike for 24 hours. Yeah, and this is such a crucial service at the moment for yeah. people in lockdown. That might also mean that these drivers have a bit more bargaining power than they normally would. And even more medals for Australia at the Paralympics. Another silver and three bronze. The Aussie Steelers, the mixed wheelchair rugby team, scored a victory over France with a 50-48 to 48 win. Close one there. Um, that gets them back in the running for the finals. Um, we aren't number one in the medal tally anymore. The first day was what? very strong with six gold. <laughs> but we're yeah. still fourth behind China, Great Britain 
and Russia. That's still pretty great. And mm. this could change over the weekend with the men and women's athletics starting today and the triathlons starting tomorrow. All right, go you Paralympians. Uh, we're about to talk about stay-at-home dads. Hey, Tom, this could be one of your last episodes for a while. Yeah, I'm about to have three weeks off because um, Amanda and I are having a baby. In so Dana. exciting. Yeah, super <laughs> exciting. How are you feeling though? You must be, this is your first child, so a mm. little bit nervous. Mm. Don't know how things are going to pan out. How, how are you organising it all? All going well. We have the baby. I take three weeks off. And in terms of, I guess, the arrangements, then I'll come back to work and Amanda's going to have a bit of a a break from her career as an interior designer and um, really focus on this different stage of life for her. Is she cool with that? Yeah. I mean, it's been a bit challenging, you know, to you work so hard to build your career from like mm. late in high school through university. So to know that you're going to have a bit of a sideways step in your career isn't easy. Yeah. Um, but I guess in our case, the joy and the importance of raising a child is taking priority. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's how it's going to work for us, which is quite a traditional kind of setup there. Yeah. It's funny how that happens. So similar deal for me in that, you know, my partner and I were together for a while before we had children. I guess, you know, he, he's a really progressive guy, but I found myself in the situation when we had our kids of getting into that same sort of setup that my parents and my grandparents had right. been in before that, where I was the stay-at-home mum. My partner went out and made the, the money. And I've got to say, Tom, you know, spoiler alert, we're not together anymore. Don't mean to make you <laughs> nervous, <laughs> but it did cause some tension between us mm. because I was like, well, why do I have to give up my career and stay at mm. home and have dinner on the table when you walk in the door? It's a weird one. So you thought things would be different, but you ended up like a 1950s housewife. Absolutely. Right. And a lot of my girlfriends and I have had the same sort of conversation. But I think because this, we're talking here 10 years ago when the world wasn't set up for more equal parenting. So, for example, my partner had a job where he had to travel a lot, he couldn't do what he did at home. And I reckon the pandemic is going to be a game changer for all of that because working from home has become essential. Zoom calls have become mm. accepted. So perhaps, you know, we've just filled out our census. There might be more guys sort of opting to become stay-at-home dads or spending more time with the family. Yeah, well, that's the subject of this briefing. And I think what surprised both of us was to see that the stats hadn't really changed around parenting. So in the last 25 years of census data, only 4 to 5% of families with kids had the dad as the stay-at-home dad. Mm. And the stay-at-home mum figure had come down slightly from 33% to 27%, which only goes to show, reading into that, that women are just doing more of both, working and parenting. Whereas for dads, it's, it's just stayed constant at about 4 to 5%, which is relatively low. Yeah, it is. A lot of people have changed their working practices and that's leading, I think, to bigger conversations now about, well, how can we keep some of the, the gold that's arisen during this pandemic? How can we keep that going where we have a better work-life balance afterwards? Let's bring in someone now who's been a stay-at-home dad and who reckons that this pandemic has got some of his mates with kids thinking about how they can spend more time with their family too. Mark Tamhain has parented six children, still is. Um, he worked at the ABC as a journo. He's now doing that part-time, but also doing a lot of stay-at-home parenting. And 
he talks about this one big moment that changed his perspective. There was a sort of moment in about 1998 when my eldest son was about four months old and I came back from a long time away. Um, I'd been working as an overseas correspondent and uh, I was based in London. And I came back after about a week and uh, he was four months old and he was being fed lunch by his mother and he just looked up at me blankly. He didn't recognise me because I'd been away for that long. And Mm. it was a bit of a wake-up call. I thought, oh, my God, he doesn't know who his father is. His mother, my first wife, God bless her socks, said at the time, hey, daddy's here. And you could see almost like this sort of compute kind of thing going on in his head as he tried to work out who this person was. And so I guess really after that, I never wanted to be that kind of mysterious figure that a lot of kids think of as their dad, a guy who sort of works really long hours has a big job, you only really kind of see him for a bit on the weekends and maybe on that family holiday once a year. I wanted to be sort of fairly hands-on with the kids as much as I could. Yeah. Talk to us about that and culturally where you think we are in Australia with that. What kind of comments did you get or was it more of an implied thing? I guess the most tangible expression of this was the lack of people helping me, whereas they might help a woman with little kids. And that was really noticeable. So, We'd go around Melbourne a lot uh, when um, the kids were really little to try and get out into parks and look at things like museums, go and look at trains, go and look at planes coming in at the airport. And often people would just kind of ignore me or push past me or get a bit aggro at me, whereas they wouldn't necessarily do that with a woman who had a pram and was sort of carrying a whole lot of things. So that was one really tangible thing. The other thing was sort of the attitude of people. So for argument's sake, when my uh, younger daughter, we had to pull her out of childcare because she was just getting continuously sick there. I went and said to the uh, director of the childcare centre, look, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to, we're going to have to pull our daughter out because she's just getting sick all the time and this is crazy. And she said, oh, well, is mum going to look after baby then? And I said, no, I am. And she looked at me sort of quite shocked. So I guess there's a, I suppose, an attitude really that if a man is seen with a young child, he's probably minding it. Mm. So I think it's those sort of attitudinal things that are really quite noticeable, even in this day and age. So Mark, do you think at this moment with what we've been through this year that there's a rethink going on for men? The interesting thing is I'm kind of hoping that some of the experiences of especially men working from home during the pandemic will be able to change some of those attitudes. And a lot of men, I do know a couple that have actually really pretty demanding jobs. They've actually kind of downscaled during the pandemic. They've been working from home and they've decided that that kind of crazy life of working really long hours, not seeing your children, not seeing your partner, really doesn't suit them anymore. These men that I know have started to kind of reinvent their own lives and try and reinvent their work lives as well to actually fit in much more around their families. And, that you know, I think that's actually one of the really sort of positive things that will come out of this particular period in life. Look, absolutely. But I think too, during the pandemic, uh, a lot of guys have thought to themselves, uh, definitely having a rethink of how they structure their work and family life. Do you think though, there might be a bit of rose-coloured glasses there? Um, Not necessarily. I think for many people, it's actually been a bit of a reality check. So I know one guy who started off as a tradie, 
But he got involved with a big construction company and was working on a big major project in Melbourne. Now, as a project manager on site, he was working like 60 hours a week. Now, he's got three young girls. They're really little. And basically, he hardly ever saw them. Then, to get to the next level of that particular big infrastructure company, because he started out as a tradie, he's actually got to get a major qualification to kind of get to the next project manager level. And if he was going to do that and study for that, he was basically not going to see his family at all. So what he did was he actually, when that job was finished, he quit that firm. He works for a much smaller firm now with much more flexible hours. He can study for his qualification and he can look after his family and he's far happier. So that was Mark Tamhain, who reckons a lot of his mates are rethinking their priorities because of the pandemic. Yeah, so let's uh, chat now to Madonna King, who is a Brisbane author, broadcaster and a mum. She's written a lot of books about this, uh, 12 books, in fact, on families and parenting. Madonna, thanks so much for joining us. As we mentioned, uh, the latest stats still have mums staying at home 27% of the time compared to dads in only 5% of families until the last census. That's barely changed. Why do you reckon that trend is so stubborn? I think workplaces still see women as mothers first and workers second, so they go off to that, whereas they see men as workers first and fathers second. In my research for Fathers and Daughters, that particular book where I interviewed 400 dads, hundreds of girls between 8 and 18, I felt a bit sorry for dads who are trying desperately to find their place because even in the schoolyard, they said sometimes they were met with suspicion People would say, oh, look, Mm. sir, you know, can I help you? Whereas mums, they're routinely on on tuck shop and they they are there so often that it almost seems normal. And what are the economic, social and family costs of the way things have been working, the status quo? Does it hurt men or women more or even the children? Or, Or is the status quo okay? Does it actually kind of work for most people? No. It may work in some families, but broadly... And in my research, it doesn't actually have to be their biological dad, but it has to be someone who takes that role. You know, I say to dads, set that bar as high as you can because your daughter will think when she starts to date someone, she will compare that with how her dad treats other women in his life. And I think to gift your daughter that is phenomenal. But I think it's much more complex. They can do those things, but they can do so much more. And I'm not saying mums can't, but these are things that research has shown that dads can gift their child. So we've all just done our census survey, or we should have. Uh, When that comes out next year, will we see that the pandemic and all that's staying at home that we've all been doing, especially in New South Wales and Victoria, do you reckon that's going to have changed the parenting dynamic in a way that may substantially increase the proportion of stay-at-home dads? Absolutely. So COVID has delivered so much heartbreak to so many people. But one of the silver linings in the cloud is the amount of time that teenagers have spent with their parents. I think what COVID has done is allowed family time. And for a small percentage of families, that's been very difficult. But for many, it's shown men that they have a place in the family. And it's shown teenagers, especially girls from my research, 
that, you know, they can do stuff with dads. And from my research, you know, girls can be close to mum and they can talk to mum, but they love doing things with dad, whether it's flying a kite in the park or a bike ride or a, or a sense of adventure. And I think we've rediscovered that during COVID. That was Madonna King, author and broadcaster, written loads of books about families and parenting. What do you think, Katrina? Do you think the cost and the pain of the status quo has largely fallen on mothers? And do you really think this pandemic's going to change things? No one would wish for the pandemic to have happened, but I'm kind of jealous of you in a bit of a way that you are having a baby at this time because I think that, you know, there's so much more acceptance of people being able to have big careers but do it in a different way, work from home. My partner used to have to travel from Sydney to WA and that was really tough when I had young children at home. Mm. He was absent for days, but now you can kind of re-engineer your working life to fit your personal life much better. So that says to me that it's more possible to change. It's just a question of whether people actually want to. Yes. So the test is on you, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. All right. That is it for the Monday to Friday briefing. I'll catch you in three weeks. The weekend briefing, interesting guest. um, Her name is Annika Smithhurst. So she's got her book coming out. So that'll be really interesting uh, hearing her chat with Jamila. Have a great weekend. Big shout out to the hardworking team at The Briefing. Executive producer Dan Mullins. News producers Brooke Loudner, Brooke Young, Liam Kennedy. Editor Matt Curry. Social media Emily Lodge. Big shout out to the hardworking team that make this podcast possible. And thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you later. Listener.